Hello and welcome to episode number 46 of the 40 Athletes Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason Holzer, along with my good buddy, Jimmy Huber. Jimmy, good morning to you. Hey, good morning to you. And I'm pumped up, by the way. I thought I was going to have to have coffee. I thought I was going to have to have some caffeine booster or something like that. But I already talked to the guest earlier. I know you're going to explain who we have on. He's got me pumped up, ready to go. Well, hey, you know, every episode is packed with tips and strategies to transform your life, regardless if you're an athlete or not. And today's episode, we're joined by Larry Long, who is the Chief Energy Officer of LLJR Enterprises, host of the Midweek Midday Motivational Minute, which, hey, it's midweek, not quite midday yet, but I bet it's going to be motivational this episode. And you know what? He's got a hat that's going to light up your world, Jimmy. Hey, by the way, he's going to light up the world. He's going to bring energy. Let's bring the energy and let's get it going. Let's get the juices flowing. Come on. It's now. already been brought in, man. Let's go. Larry Long. Good morning, man. How are you today? Uh-oh. Now that lead off. Y'all done did it. <laughs> I, I hope your listeners have their seatbelts on because who knows what's around the corner? Who knows what I got up my sleeves? <laughs> you're gonna, hey, you're going to hit it inside the park home run. I think I got a feeling to lead it off. Let's go. Come, come on, Coach Jimmy. I'm a little guy. I thought I was a big guy. I could bop it out. My coach said, no, line drives. You you don't you don't live. <laughs> right, right. Get the gaps. Get the gaps and run, baby. Right? That's right. Speed kills, man. Speed kills, you know? I love uh, it. Happy to be here. Well, Larry, hey, man, I know you talk a lot about discovering your gift, right? That's a big thing you talk about. Why is that important? And where do we start with discovering what our gift is? I mean, like, we're... yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big believer that we've all been blessed with superpowers. Now, we've got to find what our superpower is. I can tell you my superpower isn't math. I got to use my fingers just to count <laughs> unless it was my batting average. I knew my batting average after every at bat. But my superpower is energy. So I encourage everyone to find, hey, what's your superpower? How do you tap into it? And how do you maximize it? It's, it's kind of crazy. Y'all probably won't believe this, but I'm writing a book. And it's called Jolt. I, I don't know who, who came up with that name of Jolt. But we're helping to really zap people kind of like a lightning bolt and inspire them so that they can rediscover and believe in their inner greatness. Sometimes as you get a little bit older, I, I got some gray hair. We, we start to lose our greatness. And it's like, no, sometimes we start to write a story in our head that has us questioning, can I do this? Should I do this? And my answer is yes, yes, and more yes. If you don't do it, you're doing yourself a disservice. Larry, I, I, I want to go into that, this inner greatness, because I believe that, you know, we're born. We come in this world, we have greatness, right, within us. Yes. Um, and then all of a sudden we have what life hits us, whether it's our conditioning of our environments, um, things people say to us, do to us. It could be like our parents and coaches and teachers. And that inner greatness gets buried yeah. within. And we don't even think we are great. We doubt ourselves. So how... Do we discover our greatness within us when it's so buried deep? Yeah, I mean, that's when you got to look deep. And I'm a big believer that tough people are greater than tough times. We're all going to hit tough times. That's If you're living this four-letter word called life, you're going to hit, get hit with tough times, tough circumstances, tough people that might discourage you. You might discourage yourself. I encourage you to look in, look within, into your heart. You got to, this is hard work. It ain't easy, but you got to dig deep and think about why am I here? I encourage people. I think the ABCs, the A is action. You got to actually take that 
first step and you got to hold yourself accountable. The B is belief. If you believe it in your heart, you believe it in your mind. Now you're going to start to move a little bit differently. And the C, I can go, there's a ton of C words, but for me, confidence as well as care. Do you actually give a damn? Do you care about yourself and about others? And then D, this is to answer your question, Coach Jimmy, you got to dream. I know that at some point we forget the dream and I'm guilty of it. What are your dreams? I don't know if you remember when you were a youngster, but I dreamed of being a, a fire firefighter. I dreamed of being an astronaut. I dreamed of being everything, football player. I was just a little, little pipsqueak. But as I got older, it's like, nope, I can't do that. I can't go to the moon. Nope, I can't. Well, why not? I think Russell Wilson says it best. Why not you? Someone's going to do it. Why not you? And I've met Russell. I'm I'm five foot nine and three quarters. I round up to six feet. He's a little dude playing playing quarterback in the NFL. Come on, man. If he can do it, if I can do what I'm doing, anybody can do it. So I, I just challenge people, dig deep, dig deep, dream, and then take action. Put together a plan and find a way to get to, to your greatness. Get to where you want to be with no limits. No limits. I'm working with a performance coach and I have self-limiting beliefs of, oh, I can only accomplish this. And she said, Larry, I pity the fool. What in the world? Are you stupid or are you dumb? Let's let's take it to the top. So when you go into that, Larry, I, I think like the ABC and the D and you talk about the accountability, but the belief, I, I really feel like like a lot of us don't believe in ourselves. We don't. Right. We can act like we do, but we really don't deep down. Right. So the beliefs are low. And you said like Russell Wilson, like he said from the beginning when he's always played, no one thought he was good enough. Right. And he always thought he was going to be an NFL quarterback and he believed it. What do you tell people don't believe how to believe and what are maybe strategies they can implement on a daily basis to start developing belief within themselves? Yeah. One of my favorite bands when I was younger, Public Enemy, said, don't believe the hype. So all that stuff that that's being written, all that stuff, you're too slow, you're too you're too whatever. Nah, you got to scratch that out. That head trash, you got to get that thing out. And we it's an everyday battle. For me, it, it really dives in deep and 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 strategies. When I was younger, I was blessed with a, a praying mom. We would uh, say our prayers at night, and then she would make me stand up in the middle of the room. Hold up my hands. This is just a little, little nappy-headed seven-year-old. Put my hands in the air and say, I am somebody 10 times. And when you say that 10 times every night, I'm not, like I said, I'm not good at math, but you do that 365 nights in a row, 10 times a night. That's a whole lot of I am somebody's. Now you got this little, this little cat walking around with his chest out talking about I am somebody. People were looking at him like, who does this little kid think he is? But I believe that I was somebody. So you've got to say it. And some people say it's hokey. Give it a try. When you wake up tomorrow morning, stand up and say it out loud. Say an affirmation. Before you go to bed tonight, give it a try. Giot, give it a try. And come and talk to me in 30 days. If it hasn't changed your life, shame on me. I'll take the blame. But I can almost guarantee. There's no guarantees in life. But I guarantee if you stand up and say an affirmation 10 times every morning, 10 times every night, your life is going to change. You're now going to be moving a little bit differently. You're going to be thinking a little bit differently. People are going to be looking at you like, what in the world? Bang! 
That's what I'm talking about, Willie. <laughs> I am somebody, baby. All right. I am somebody. That's right. Well, Larry, I want to get into this too. You know, sometimes you have to act like you mentioned before you believe. Sometimes you just got to go out there. And even though you might fail, you might mess up, the action sets forth the belief, right? In some ways. So, in some ways, you know, the belief is the affirmation, but the action is the confirmation. So what are some small steps that we can act small and dream big? What are what are some baby steps we can take to start believing in ourselves? Yeah, well, you talked about failure. What is failure? I mean, if, if you're not failing, if you haven't experienced failure, I'm gonna challenge that you haven't really, you haven't really done anything. <laughs> I mean, through life, you're gonna have experiences where you're gonna either win uh, or you're gonna learn. And believe you me, I've learned a lot. Strikeouts are a part of life. So get yourself in uncomfortable situations. Go ahead and challenge yourself to say yes where you would normally say no. Hey, we, we're looking for someone to speak to this group. Um, I'm afraid. I'm I'm afraid of public speaking. I well, we'll go ahead and give it a try. Go ahead and put yourself out there. I got two mics. I can give you one. <laughs> Come on now. So it's really getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and knowing that, hey, through it all, guess what? I'm going to try. Tony Horton from P90X said this, and I love it. I'm going to try my best, and I'm going to forget the rest. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to live. I'm going to learn. I'm going to love. I think Joel Embiid said trust the process. So really putting yourself out there in situations, and it can be small situations. Go ahead and say hello to a neighbor. Go ahead and say hello to someone that you don't know. And then really listen to them. Instead of looking down at these things that we have 24-7, look up and get to know somebody. Really get to know their story. Ask the question of, how can I help you? How can I serve you? And really mean it. And then take action behind it. These are little things that we can all do, but most of us don't do it. I got something for you. Uh, sorry, Coach Jimmy. Hashtag three-minute challenge. This is something that you can do right now. It only takes three minutes because I hear people say, I don't have time. BS. Three minutes. Find someone in your Rolodex. That's not a watch for the, for the millennials out there. That's the contacts in your phone. Find one person that you haven't connected with in a while. Could be three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months. Put your thinking cap on. Put your bang hat on and find something that you can send them to surprise and delight. Coach Jason, I know that you're a sports fan. I can find a funny gif, a funny meme, uh, the butt fumble, something that'll make you laugh. I'll send it to you and say, hey, hey, Jason, I was just thinking about you. I hope everything is well. Let's catch up soon. That took me three minutes or less, and essentially it had an impact on your life. It had an impact on your day. If you saw that and didn't smile, whoo, you're a special somebody. If you do that every day, Every weekday, at the end of the year, die no might. Those relationships, which drive everything, are now going to be so tight. And you putting yourself out there, the progress, phenomenal. Hey, I want to I want to get back into something that can relate to what you just said. You said winning and learning. Right. And I think us as coaches, we have such an influence on the student athletes, the people we coach, right? And I know when I was coaching early, when we lose games, I get frustrated, get upset, right? Maybe say things that I regretted that I wish I wouldn't have said. And through the years lately is more of that, okay, when, but how can we learn? How can we grow from this? This is a good thing that we can get better from. What do you say to coaches out there, how they can go with this perspective of, 
hey, you win, but we learn. If we lose, it's not losing. We're going to learn from it. How do you how do you talk to them about maybe a better approach to have a more of a positive impact on their athletes? Yeah, well, when you know better, you do better. So I'm putting it out there to the coaches. You have an awesome responsibility, and, and it's a great responsibility to invest in these young student athletes' lives, in these young men and women to teach them life lessons. In life, you're going to not be successful. Some people call it failure. Some people call it losing. It is what it is. But if you don't learn from that, if you don't have the perspective, if you don't have the mindset that, hey, it's okay, life goes on and we're going to learn from it and we're going to get better. Even if we win, we're going to learn from it and we're going to get better. If you don't have that perspective, you're doing, I believe, this is my two cents. It ain't worth a nickel, but I believe you're doing yourself and more importantly, your student athletes a disservice. You're, you're not capturing the maximum value of that opportunity that, hey, we learn from it. We uh, uh, there's a saying: uh, when you learn, you earn. Well, we're trying to earn in uh, in, in society. It's it's really when I look at sports, it's such a uh, such a catalyst to life skills to anything in life. There's so many parallels to sports. My son, he made the uh, the practice. The middle school practice soccer squad. I didn't even know that existed, the practice squad. But essentially, he was so excited, so excited to be a part of the team. They had pictures yesterday. He was dressed up with his tie. That's an opportunity for him to learn that, hey, you can bust your butt, you can work hard, and hopefully next year you're going to be on the starting team. You're going to be out there starting. He had a baseball game last night. He struck out his first at-bat. He came back, hit a hard hit a hard ground ball, got a base hit his next at-bat, got the game ball. Proud daddy moment. These are all opportunities. And as a coach, you have that awesome, awesome opportunity to change someone's life. I'll never forget Coach Harold Ziegler, Coach Zig from Coatesville, Pennsylvania, Little League, Callen Little League. I'm an old dude. That was 33 years ago. I will never forget how much he cared about us, how much he taught us. He was tough on us. Ooh, we, we, we ran when we didn't do things the right way. But you live and you learn. And that's unforgettable to have that impact on someone else's life that will last a lifetime. Well, as you mentioned there, you're not like you go back and you're talking about the coach that had this impact on you. You're not talking about, hey, he taught you how to swing the baseball or the bat, baseball bat, or how to throw or whatever. You're talking about things he did to help you become better, but he cared about you and you felt like he cared about you, right? And I think as coaches, we can show more how we care and help them understand how they can get better through what they're doing and give them the tools. That's going to help them in life. That's going to have a great reflection as they look back. But something I want to get into with you about, you mentioned as a parent. You just talked about your child, right, was in a soccer or whatever, and he got positioned on a practice squad soccer team. And you're like, hey, great. This is an opportunity for him to learn and grow and get better. And, son, if you want to be on this, you got to do these type of things. A lot of parents in those situations are like, what? My kid's on a practice squad? He's doing this? What's that coach thinking about? I'm going to go talk to them. You don't deserve this, whatever. And they almost disabled their kids. What what is your message to parents on how they can actually use sports in a way to help their child grow and learn and become better? It's all about development. And these are life lessons. The coach made their decision, just like we all have bosses and the bosses make their decision. When you're in someone else's sandbox, guess what? You're going to play in someone by someone else's sandbox's rules. That's life. If you don't like it 
And you see this with travel teams, the disgruntled father. Ah, oh, that coach doesn't know what they're doing. I'm going to start my own team. Well, what lesson are you really teaching your children that, I mean, I, I love the entrepreneurial spirit of building your own sandbox, but to do it in a disgruntled manner, no, your kids are watching, whether you know it or not. They're watching what you do as well as what you say. So I encourage parents to model the behavior that you want your children to model as they grow up. These are, once again, these are just awesome opportunities to teach, to learn, to grow yourself as a parent, but also your children. That's what it's, that's what it's all about. There's a quote that I, I live every day by Martin Luther King Jr. He says, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing to help someone else out? So as a parent, what are you doing today to help your children? As a coach, what are you doing today to help your kids? What are you doing? Not what are you thinking? Not what are you dreaming? Not what are you writing down? What are you doing? And that's why that word action, there's a saying, your actions speak so loud. I can't hear what you're saying. Kids are per per perceptive. They know. You might say, oh, it's all good. And you're steaming. It's like, no. Why? This is an opportunity. For, for my situation, it's an opportunity for my son to learn. It's, for, it's an opportunity for him to know that, hey, throughout life, you don't always accomplish what you want to accomplish. Brush yourself off. You make the most of the situation. You control the controllables, which I don't know if y'all know this. I like to eat. I I, uh, there's an acronym called eat. I don't miss a meal. What time is it? It's bow time, chicken and biscuits. But I'm, uh, I'm working on my beach body for next summer. So we'll call it T. You can control how you treat other people. The E is you can control your emotions. And sometimes I've got a Musa. And I, I don't coach my son because I get a little intense. I don't, I don't know if y'all can pick that up. 12 years old. Nah, let's, let's just, I'm the two thumbs up dad. Hey daddy, how'd I do? Two thumbs. <laughs> now, when he gets a little bit older, then we're going to go to work. But you can control your emotions. And then the A, you can control your actions and your attitude. So I ask folks, what are you doing to control how you treat others, your emotions, your actions, your attitude? Because outside of that, you can't really control anything else. Well, you know, too, uh, sports are very emotional, right? So, like, especially as a parent and you got your kids out there, you want them to do well. Uh, so, how have you as a parent turned maybe a frustration and then turned that into a motivation or just inspire them by cheering them on and supporting them? How have you been able to do that as a sideline parent just watching because you realize I probably shouldn't be coaching? That's great awareness in yourself, by the way. Yeah, and my I learned from my dad. My dad ran track at Maryland, and uh, he never pushed track on me. My sister, who's 10 years younger, she's a glutton for punishment. She said, Dad, I want to run track, and I want you to coach me. I said, no, don't do it. <laughs> it worked out well. Their relationship was super tight when he was living. But um, it, it's one of those things. Baseball, I love it because you're going to strike out in baseball. You're going to have a bad outing on the mound, and uh, you learn from it. So during the game, I just shut my mouth. After the game, I shut my mouth. Great job. The day after, that's when we start to get into, hey, let's go out in the little cul-de-sac. We got our little wiffle balls. Let's work on your balance. You're swinging and you're falling back. Let's get those reps in so that it becomes kind of like riding a bike. That's where we want that muscle memory. Now, let's take that same intention from the baseball field into math. Let's get these math problems done. And I learned that from my parents. I would come home, have to do my homework, 
practice my clarinet for 30, 30 minutes, and I would have to take 100 swings on my solo hitter and 100 good swings. And Larry, you know what a good swing is. If you're just going through the motions of getting 100 cuts in just to get 100 cuts, you're wasting your time. But if you want to make varsity as a freshman, which you told us that was your goal, and I like to dig in the kids to find out what's your goal. Mm-hmm. What are we working towards? If you if you don't have a goal, we're just we're kind of just spinning in the wind. We're we're kind of just out there floating. But if you have an intention, a specific goal, and I'm not a big fan of smart goals. I I think smart goals are kind of dumb. I like the specific. I like the measurable. We keep score, and I like the time bound, attainable. And realistic, nah, ain't nobody got time for that. You come to me with an attainable goal, you better go somewhere with your bad self. We're going, we're shooting for the moon because if we miss, we're still amongst the stars. So we're always getting after it, but there's a time and a place. So, Larry, I want to dive into a couple of things. One, you mentioned on goals, and I totally agree with what you're saying when I'm working out, say, an athlete, and, and say it's basketball-wise, and I'll be like, what do you want to do? You want to play KU eventually? You want to play the pros? Or you just want to play high school? You want to play junior high? You want to you want to be an all state? What is it? Because once you know what they want, then you can tell them what they need to do to get there, right? Right. If they want to be a JV or a junior high basketball player, they don't have to work as hard as someone that wants to play Division One basketball. So I think that's a that's a great thing to get your goals written down, and then you know what kind of action you got to take toward it. But I want to dive back into the emotions you mentioned. Eat. And sports can be such an emotional game. Parents get emotional, right, when the kids aren't doing well. Emotional about officials. Coaches lose themselves. Athletes lose themselves. What are the best ways for individuals to have these emotions to stay kind of, like, stable and to not do things that are going to be, like, uh, actions that they're going to regret and consequences to them? How do they handle those emotions? It's a a lot easier said than done. But it comes to self-control. Uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm a, I'm a NASCAR driver when I hit the roads. Zoom, zoom. And essentially, I know that. It's that self, it's just that, that self-awareness and knowing that, hey, I'm not in any rush. I gave myself time. Let's go ahead and drive Miss Daisy. We're not in any rush. Someone's going slow in the fast lane. Oh, it's heating me up inside. But you know what, Larry? Breathe. It's going to be okay. I think there's a meme with The Rock where he says, Hey, it's going to be okay. (laughs) And I love it. We were out at the the baseball field yesterday, and it's crazy because the baseball moms are more intense than the dad. I said, oh, my goodness, lady. (laughs) Out there berating the umpire. I'm like, the umpire, he's 80 years old. He can't see. You screaming at him. What what are we we solving for? We're not solving for anything. This is 11, 12-year-old Little League Baseball. Come on, man. So I just encourage parents to know that it's not about you. And really, it's it's about your 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 athlete learning from this experience so that when they move on and they transition to whatever it is, life after sport, because sport doesn't last forever. At some point, you're going to have to transition into the workforce. What lessons are we learning and why? Like, what are what are we? My question is, what are we solving for? When I go out there and I yell at an umpire, when I get out there and I scream at the other team and we want to fight, we had that two seasons ago. The coach wanted to fight the other coach. What? Like, that doesn't even sound right. So in the heat of the battle, I can understand it's still not right. Still not right. 
So I love our little league. You've got to sign the uh, the oath. People sign it, but they don't really believe it. Or at least when when things happen, they don't believe it. That that that's that's self control. And and really, it's it's unacceptable if you ask me. Like it's this is sports. This is sports. It's supposed to be fun. If it's not fun, go find something else to do. I I hate to be so frank, but. I feel strongly about it, and I'm as emotional as it comes. Believe you me, I uh, I can root hard with the best of them, but I also realize what are we solving for? I'm there to support my child. I'm there to support the other kids. I'm there for them to have fun, for them to learn, and for them to make memories that last a lifetime, kind of like I had. I've had bad situations, and it's like, what am I doing? I don't even enjoy going to practice. I don't enjoy going to the game because the coach is just like, blah, 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 blah. I'm not learning anything. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, coach. You're, you're going to cause yourself to fall out. You better you better sit down somewhere. You better sit down and pray. Come on now. <laughs> but 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 if you if you care about me and you show me that you care, I'll run through a wall. I'll never forget that. So I just encourage parents, coaches to know that, even the players to know that. What are we solving for? Of course we want to win. Everyone does, but at what expense? Mm-hmm. And, and putting yourself out there looking like not not representing yourself well, uh, that's not a good look. Well, you know, piggybacking off self-control, like sometimes in baseball, you know, you strike out sometimes, but you could also have the opposite where you do everything right and still not succeed. You could hit that ball right on the dot Boom, right to second baseman. Or, you know, maybe they make a great catch. That, that seems out of control. How do you uplift, you know, maybe your son or players, whatever? Everything is going right, but they still, like, didn't get on base. And how we can, can we transition that over into life? Hey, Jason, that is life. We, we What we're solving for is hard line drives. You hit hard line drives, that's a win right there. I'll never forget Ian Holbrook. I used to own an indoor baseball softball academy. I'll never forget his mom, April, said, Coach Larry, Ian wants to tell you something. Ian said, Coach Larry, just like what we worked on, I hit three out of four hard line drives, and I hit one home run. That's a win right there. That's a win. You're going to hit hard line drives, and you're going to line out. It's okay. Pat yourself on the back. Sometimes you're going to get jammed and bloop and get a base hit. Ooh, we got to go to work. We're trying to solve for hard line drives. It's just like life. Sometimes in life, you do everything, quote unquote, right, and it doesn't work out for you. It's okay. It's okay. Keep it moving. As we go through this journey of life, we're going to have ups, downs, highs, lows, twists, turns. It happens. But essentially, the character, your character shines through on how you react, how you bounce back. You lose a job. You, you're in there. You're in sales. You're performing, and you still get fired. Ah, woe is You have a choice. Uh, it's your intention of woe is me. The world is against me. Survey says, hey, it is what it is. Things weren't a fit. You know what? When one door closes, a window of opportunity opens up. So it's really all about your perspective, all about your mindset, and all about the action that you take. I encourage folks and players to have a growth mindset. What are you learning? And in addition to what you're learning, what's your action mindset? What are you doing from those learnings? I know I'm not supposed to eat fried chicken, <laughs> but guess what? I had KFC last night. That that doesn't that doesn't match. That's a big mismatch right there. The doctor told me you're going to die earlier if you keep eating fried chicken. What kind of discipline am I exhibiting to my kids? 
Shame on me. But that chicken was off the chain. <laughs> Fingers licking good. <laughs> hey, Larry, I, I, I do want to ask you this. Um, you do have a lot of energy, right? And, and we can see that bubbling up. You see a lot of people walking around. They don't have energy. You see a lot of people walking around. They don't even like what they do in their life. What 85 to 80% of people don't even like what they do. And some people like walking around like zombies, right. right? And they have to almost have three Red Bulls to have energy. So my question for you is, what do you do like in the morning, during the day, the evenings to have this energy that's off the charts? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a shame, but I encourage everyone. You've got to find your juice. I, I know where my, my juice comes from. My two beautiful kids, my beautiful wife. Uh, my family, my father passed away five and a half years ago, uh, came from Baltimore City, only one from his family to graduate high school. And he worked, he busted his behind to make the life, to make the opportunity for me to live the life that I am. I would be doing a disservice to him, all of my teachers, all of my coaches, all my extended family that supported me if I didn't carpe diem, seize the day. I met a gentleman from California who had it tattooed, carpe diem. I said, oh, that must have hurt. I don't have any tattoos. I'm afraid of needles. He said, Larry, I got one better. He had carpe noctum on this side. I said, oh, I said, I'm too old. I can carpe diem. I can seize the day, but I'm too old to be seizing the night. So I just encourage people to, what's your why? I mean, I'm no Simon Sinek. I'm not the black Simon Sinek, but what are you solving for? What are you passionate about? What are you hoping your legacy is? I was born in 1978. You can do the math. I'm living the dash. What do you want your dash to be? I know for me, I want my dash to be Larry cared and showed that he cared about other people every single day. If that's my dash, oh, job well done. Uh, I think uh, I think it said uh, it is finished. That, that That's what I'm here for, to have a positive impact on individuals' lives. Everyone that I touch, doesn't matter what your background is. So that's different for everybody. I, excuse me. <clears throat> I'm getting choked up here. I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, I do a little exercise. That chicken certain coming up from last time. <laughs> Figure looking good, but I do a little exercise and I ask people, when you look at these eight buckets, how do you prioritize them? Faith, family, friends, fun, fitness, finances, philanthropy, which I know isn't an F, but it's close Sounds enough. Like it. yeah. And then career. What are your priorities? And let's take your top three priorities. Are you spending the necessary time, energy, and resource? Are you actually doing anything? If we were to take a, a, a rating, a self-rating of scale to one to 10, where are you at? And what are you doing to take it higher? If you tell me you're serious about being a basketball player, how many shots did you get up yesterday? How many times did you work on that first step? Are you working on your game or are you just talking? Because talk is cheap. And there's a lot of people that talk. I know we're talking about people that are zombies. The zombies, you need to read my book when it comes out because we got to zap you. We got we to gotta give you some energy because the juice is loose. I got, I got some juice for you. If I can help, holler at your boy. Bang. <laughs> Well, and a lot of it is confidence too, right? You know, you got to be confident in yourself. You got to believe in yourself. And you coach people in sales and different things. You know, some of it, some of it, confidence you just got to have. You just got to believe in yourself. But is there a way that you can uh, inspire confidence within people to have them to have more energy? Because I feel like once, whenever I'm confident, 
I'm feeling better about myself. I'm feeling like I can do it. I have that faith, you know, but times that I'm maybe not feeling as confident, that's when my energy's down. So how do we get that confidence up to help fuel that energy? Yeah, it really boils. I think it it's not this simple, but it boils down to what's your motivation? What is it that 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 you're driving for and why? Like I told you, my family. That's all the motivation that I need to bust my behind to take care of my family, to do everything in my power to make sure that they're happy, that they're healthy, and we're in a good place. That's different for everybody. What are you driving for? I definitely believe that you can inspire folks. Uh, motivation. I don't know the Webster or the Oxford uh, dictionary definitions, but I think uh, inspiration comes from within. It comes from the heart. It comes from the mind. The motivation is like, oh, I'm motivated by money or I'm motivated by fame, by recognition, which is cool. But it, it, I think motivation is kind of short term. It's fleeting. You can lose it. That inspiration, I'm never going to, to lose my father passing me the baton for me to run this race to make sure that I'm positively impacting people. What, what's your, what race are you running? What's your inspiration? It's different for everyone, which is why when I work with, with, with kids, with baseball players, when I work with uh, sales reps, I always ask them, what's your business plan? Where, what's your compass? Where are we sailing to? If you don't have a destination of where you're trying to go and it's not written down, uh-oh, Houston, we've got a problem. So that's the first thing that we got to find out is what are we solving for? What play are we running? Where are we going? Then we can work backwards and find out what do we need to do today that makes us feel good, where we can take baby steps. Then we can move up. Then we can start to have that Mamba mentality where we're going from good to great. We're going from great to, to whatever's better than great, wonderful, it's spectacular, you name it. But that, that's what I'm about. And it starts with the person, each individual person. Your, your goal and your game plan isn't the same as mine. It shouldn't be. It's got to be individual to you. Jim Rohn says you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Look to your left. Look to your right. Who's your crew? Who's your A-team? Are, are you with folks that are negative Nancys, negative Nellies? They ain't about anything positive. Chances are it's kind of like these droplets. It's going to be contagious. So I encourage you, you better make sure that you surround yourself with people that bring that juice that you want. And, and hopefully they're, they're above where, where you can you can feel inspired to, I want to get like you. I'm, I got to step my game up. I've been so fortunate just to see the example of my parents and then my crew, Will Richardson, John Pierre Bessor. Those are my boys, Matt Anderson, doing positive things. And it's like, hey, if I want to roll with y'all, I better make sure I'm doing positive things and I'm stepping my game up which takes work. When you work, you now build that confidence. It's crazy. Great. You know, it's interesting you say, because like, a lot of athletes I work with, I tell them like that association brings upon assimilation. Sure. Who you hang out with is who you become. And I'll tell them, I was like, write down who you're hanging out with. Sure. What do they have you saying? What do they have you doing? What do they have you reading? What do they have you becoming? And then you got to ask yourself, like you mentioned, is like, who do I need to like disassociate with? Who do I need to? Who do I need to limit my associations? Maybe I have to work with them. Maybe I have to play on a team with them. I'll have to hang out afterwards. But as you mentioned, who do I need to expand my associations with? And there's so many people if they'd reach out to would be willing to help them right. and develop them in certain skill sets or whatever to help them get to where they want to be, right? That's right. Mentors and many mentors. Uh, and, and you said it best, Coach. 
you've got to ask. It's not the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. You'll find that when you ask, most people are receptive. I, I'd love to help you out. I, I appreciate you even asking me. I'm, I'm honored for the opportunity to help you. But so many times folks just struggle in silence. And I encourage folks, I know mental health is a big talk. Uh, it's, it's a big issue that doesn't get talked about enough. If you're struggling, let someone know. Let someone know. Shout it out. It's okay. People want the best for you. A lot of people do. Not everyone. I can't say everyone does, but there's a lot of people out there that have your back, that support you and want you to be the best that you can be. You've got to reach out and touch someone. Don't, don't just sit there struggling in silence. Don't just sit there and wish and hope and dream. Go get it. Reach out. Hey, coach. Hey, Jason. Can you help me out? Hey, Larry, LLJR, can you help me out? Yes, yes, and more yes. Let's go to work. Let me see your plan. Where's your plan written? Okay, before we get started, you got to write down that plan. You got to put in some work because if I'm going to help you, you got to meet me halfway and then let's get it. But uh, yeah, it's out there. It is out there. The opportunity is out there for so many people to take advantage of. So many times folks miss out on it. And I'm not, there's nothing that burns me up uh, more. I mean, other than slow drivers in the fast lane, it, it's seeing talent that, that goes untapped. Uh, I've, I've played sports with, 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 with guys that were so talented, but their work ethic was terrible. Their belief inside was terrible. The crew they were running with even works worse than terrible. I'm making up words now. And it's like, wow, I, Ooh, if I had that talent, watch out now. Like JJ Walker said, Dino my. But hey, it is what it is. We've all been, we've all been been dealt a, a stack of cards. I keep a deck back there. My middle name is Black Magic. What you gonna do with that 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 set that 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 uh the hand that you've been dealt? What you gonna do with it? I'm glad you didn't say Black Jesus because Michael Jordan <laughs> might have came after you on that one. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. Yeah, no, uh, I, play, I play golf. I don't know. I didn't tell y'all. I'm Tiger Woods's cousin, uh, his long lost cousin. Larry hit it in the woods. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, that that's something though. Hey, Larry, let me ask you something. So you you just mentioned that a lot of people that you've seen and been around have had a lot of talent. Yes. A lot of ability, didn't have the work ethic, but you mentioned the belief. And as Jason mentioned, you work with many people in sales. And I think when people, a lot of times there are people say, I, I'm not a salesperson. I'm not a sales. You're selling pretty much everything you do. That's right. Well, you're selling your children to do something, right? You're selling somebody that, hey, to marry you or be with you or whatever it might be. My question is for you is this, is when people aren't believing in themselves and you talk a lot about, I think it's like you got to sell yourself before you do anything else if you don't believe in yourself that's going to be hard but what do you mean by selling yourself before you can sell anything else and how do you get people to do that when they maybe don't believe in themselves yeah henry ford says it best whether you think you can or whether you think you can't you're right and my dad was a track guy he was a long jumper triple jumper i'll never forget when he was working out before he went before he started his run-up he used to mumble something to himself. Let's go. Let's go, Shorty. His nickname was Shorty Long. Let's go, Shorty. You can do it. You can do it. He was five foot eight, five foot eight, long jumping, triple jumping, talking himself into it. So once again, the story that we write ourselves is so important because if you believe the story that other people write for you, you're in trouble. You've got to be the narrator. You've got to be the author and you've got to be intentional that it's a positive story. Believe you me, I'm so tough on myself. 
I talk more trash to myself than I would ever talk to anyone else or I would ever let anyone else talk to me. That's a problem. So I'm working on it. I'm aware that I do that. And Larry, it's not okay to talk down on yourself. You've got to boost yourself up if you want anyone else to boost yourself up. So I encourage folks that, hey, you've got to believe and you've got to do what you've got to do to make sure that you protect that belief. If you're around folks that are like, ah, you can't do that. You can never play college division one. Hey, I appreciate your your uh, your sentiment. <laughs> Thanks for your feedback, but ain't nobody got time for that because I'm on a mission and I know that I've written the mission and I'm doing what I need to do. Back up off me. I'm going to stiff arm you to make sure that I get on that mission. It's crazy. I'm going to rewind back to 2015, December 10th. Called my father. He was in Boston at a uh, cancer, at an amyloidosis center. I said, hey, dad, how you doing? He said, best I've ever felt. That was a lie. He passed away December 11th. He was telling his mind, trying to have his mind tell his body that this is the best I've ever felt and I'm going to make it through this. Unfortunately, his mind wasn't able to overcome the body. It is what it is. But to his last dying breath, he still had that internal belief that, hey, I'm good in the hood. I've overcome all this. 60 years I've overcome. I've been the underdog. I'm going to overcome this as well. If you don't have that same internal belief, that same positive self-talk, it's going to be tough. It's going to be, even if you do, it's still going to be tough. But don't you want to give yourself that advantage? Don't you want to give yourself the best opportunity? Uh, I love to gamble. I'm always trying to stack the odds in my favor. Well, hey, guess what? In sports, in life, in sales, you've got to sell yourself. We're all in sales. My definition of sales, I got two. Number one, it's a transfer of energy. You don't have to have the same juice. I, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. It's a blessing and a curse. But you got to have some sort of energy around what it is, whether you're selling yourself to a coach to an employer, whether you're selling your kids on, hey, it's 6.30, let's wake up. We got to get our alert on. But also you're playing matchmaker. You're matching what you have, whatever your product, your service, your thoughts, your ideas with someone else's needs, their wants, their desires, their challenges, hopes, dreams, aspirations. If you're not able to make that match, guess what? You're, you're not going to have success in the long run. So what, what do you do with like people? I'm sure you deal with a lot of people in cells that are like, you know, they tell me you got to make the calls. You got to make the contacts. You got to do it. And people, I'm sure they get in their office, get there and they're like, oh my God, they, they, they want to do it, but they don't do it. Right. They do maybe sort their papers, do whatever. And they're afraid to make the call. What, what do you tell them and how they break through those fears? Yeah. You got to do curls. This 500 pound phone. Come on now. You got to, you got to curl it on up and make that dial. Like I said, action. And once again, it's having the discipline. We all know what we're supposed to do. Being in sales, I know I need to pick up that phone. I know that it's scary for me to reach out to someone that I don't know, but that's the way that I'm going to get to where I want to get to. And that's why you see the difference between good and great. You talked about it. The good, kind of the average, I'll say below average, they go in and they find everything they can do without picking up the phone. I'm going to shuffle papers. Oh, I'm going to research. Oh, I'm going to prepare. Well, that's good and all, but when are you going to actually take action and make that first dial and say hello and reach out and touch someone? Because until you do that, you, you really aren't about that life. So if you're about that life, you're going to do the things that 
are tough. That's that's tough rowing right there. It's like taking a hundred swings. That's tough, especially when your classmates are hanging out at the ice hockey rink, uh, ice skating with all the uh, all the all the hip crowd. They're at the mall. I'm in my basement taking a hundred swings, but that's because I told my parents I wanted to start on varsity as a freshman. They said, "Hey, we can't do it for you, but we'll give you the ingredients." This is what you need. These are the ingredients. You cook it up, and guess what? You now got a chance. Question for y'all. You think I started on varsity as a freshman in high school? Yes. Yes, you better believe it. You think I started in the ACC at University of Maryland as a five foot nine and three quarters uh, undersized outfielder? You better believe it. Now, I, I started off on the bench coming in as a defensive replacement, one for my first 24, but who's counting? I think that's .048. Well below the Mendoza line. Hey, Larry, what position do you play? Left out? Coach, can I get in? Nah, you're left out. Go to the end of the bench. But guess what? I talked to my dad. He said, hey, little Larry, how you feeling? I was in the Burger Kings. We used to eat healthy. I said, dad, I stink. I'm terrible. I don't belong in Division One. I. I definitely don't belong in the ACC. My dad hopped through that 500-pound phone. He snatched me up. He said, boy, you can't have my name with a stank attitude like that. Now, he sprinkled in a couple four-letter words. You can use your imagination. But he said, hey, you got to get back to the drawing board. And by the drawing board, I mean you got to get back on the tee and hitting off the tee. But more importantly, you got to get your mind right. With that terrible attitude, you don't stand a chance. And he was right. Carolina, UNC came to town, those Tar Heels. Uh-oh, it was on like Donkey Kong. Shoot, I batted, I batted uh, 289 my freshman year, 319 in the ACC. Who would have thunk it? And it all came from the catalyst was that conversation with my dad where he gave me the jolt to get my life and to get my baseball career back on track. So it can well, be done. Larry, you gave me two things I want to dive into. So one is this on the sales part. You've probably been around individuals excited. They got into a new maybe sales opportunity and they're like, oh, I'm going to hit the phones. I'm going, man. And all of a sudden they make 10 calls or whatever and they get 10 no's. Right. And they're like, holy cow, this ain't going to work. I need to go do something different. How do you work with them and what do you tell them like to deal with the no's and the rejection? Yeah, it happens. You got it. You got to expect it. My first uh, professional sales job, 150 calls to accountants. Accountants get paid by their time. They don't want to talk to anyone unless they're sending a bill. So that was, I think if I was to add it up, I think I got one commitment out of like 750 calls. That, it was the worst slump of my life. But once again, I had a mentor. I had, it wasn't my boss, but I'll never forget James Hatfield. My boss said, hey, Larry, come in my office you made 148 calls yesterday. We expect you to make 150. If you do that again, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. James Hatfield said, hey, Larry, come here. He said, I like you. You got potential. You've got to stop reading from the script, sounding like a robot. Hello, this is Larry Long Jr. with Acme Company. He said, you got to talk to these folks like they're people. Talk to them like you talk to your boys. I said, James, you don't know how I talk to my boys. He said, okay, you're, you're right, but let's find a happy medium. Let, let's get rid of this script that you're reading from like a robot and let's have you talk to people like people and help you solve their pain, solve their problems and be authentic. People can, they can smell BS from a mile away. So I love the enthusiasm. I, I think it's Churchill says success comes from going from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm. So you go 0 for 10, Fido, F it, drive on, let's keep moving. Can you continue to get up and stand up and have that same energy and excitement, that same juice on call number 11? 
on call number 778. Can you do it? That's a challenge, which is why I love sales, because it's so similar to sport. In baseball, you can be going through the worst slump. I was watching a little 30 by 30 on the uh, 85 Mets, I think it was. And uh, I was talking about the slump that I think Keith Hernandez went through and his dad talking trash to him. And he had to shut his dad out. Hey, do you have the the mental toughness? Do you have the in, internal fortitude and that grit to keep going and to stick with it and to try to figure it out? How can I have success? Do I need to change my stance? Do I need to change my approach? Do I need to change what I'm doing? And I don't know if Allen Iverson is listening, but a lot of times it comes down to practice. practice. No, we're, we're not practice. talking about the game, Allen. Practice. We're talking about yeah. practice. Hey, do you remember, hey, by the way, and we get Ted last on that episode, my wife was watching the night that Jason when he had when uh, uh, Jamie Tart didn't want to practice. No, yeah. <laughs> practice? We're talking about practice, Jamie. <laughs> uh, going to that routine. Hey, I know Jason's about to wrap up on something, but I, I do want to ask you one more thing. So you let's go back to when you said you were a freshman at University of Maryland, right? And you had that conversation, your dad, you know, pulled you to the phone and, you, you started doing what? Getting on the tee, getting those reps in. But you said you also had to change your mindset. Yeah. What are things that people can do? Like you talked about affirmations, which are great. What are other things they can do on a daily basis, especially athletes who are going through like slumps like you're talking about, to get their mindset right, to have success in the play present when the opportunity, you know, is in front of them? Yeah. Where's your brag book? You, you've done it before. For me, in a professional setting, my brag book is LinkedIn. And if you look at, I think I have 100 recommendations when I'm down, which it happens. I'm an entrepreneur. I just left corporate America and now I'm out on my own. I'm rocking the mic 24-7. If I don't talk, I don't make money. So I got to talk. But essentially, I go back when I'm down. I go back to that brag book and I look at what people have said. I don't know if you have clippings and I'm not saying to be vain, but just remind yourself that, hey, I've done this before. Hey, I, I've been able to get it in. And you know what? I can do it again. If I've done it before, I can do it again. Sometimes we just need that little reminder, that little spark, that little jolt that, hey, I can get it done. But, but so often we get down and it's kind of like a uh, it's kind of like a snowball effect. Like we're just going down and down and down and we're thinking down. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I'm to this. I'm to that. Oh, it's my, my son yesterday. The first pitcher it was a beast. He was throwing hard. My son said he's the best pitcher in the league. I said, dude, what? I don't care. You, you got to hit hard line drives. I don't care if it's Nolan Ryan out there. You better have that mindset of. When the ball comes, I'm going to hit a hard line drive. Because when you start putting it out in the universe, when you start talking this junk about, oh, he's so good, or, oh, I'm not good enough, guess what? It manifests itself. So what do you have to do? Go to your clippings. Go ahead and call your mom. Call your grandma. Hey, grandma, tell me something good. Yeah, give me something. Grandma always shows the love. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just, who's your hype man? You got to have a personal board of directors. You're going to have that accountability partner, the one that whoops you in the shape. That was my dad. You're going to have the one that's boosting you up. That was my mom and my grandmom. But you got to have those people that are supporting you, your cheerleaders. Hercules, Hercules, to pump you up when you're just not feeling it. I've been blessed. My wife, she's from Argentina. Ooh, she's got that spice. 
She told me, she said, hey, you must not know about me. You got a real one. Let's get it. And then my kids, they take after their mama. They're like, daddy, we love you. You're you're the best. And I'm like, I am? I guess I am. Shoot. Don't make me pop my collar on you. <laughs> well, hey, man, hey, we, uh, we always finish the show with the lightning round. I know we got that jolt coming out. So we got four questions with 40 athletes here. So here we go. So ready? For, you ready for the first one? I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm going to try my best. I, I hope you don't get right. any curveballs. I can hit fastballs. All right, first one. What is the best life lesson sports has taught you? Uh, hard work pays off. Always. Always. You work hard, it's going to pay off in the end. It might not be short term, but if you keep working hard, you stick with it, it always works out. Always works out. That compound interest effect, right? That's right. And then, Number two. If you could spend time with anyone you admire in sports, passed away or alive, who would it be and why would you pick him? Oh, that's an easy one, my dad. I miss him every day, my, my pops. He, he's still with me, even though he's not here physically. Yeah, that's an easy one. Shorty Long, Larry Long, the original. Uh, I, I would give anything to be able to uh, yeah, be able to, to, to spend time with him again. Love that. That uh, question number three is this. What is uh, – what is the best lesson a coach has taught you um, that you played for or been around, uh, being around sports? Wow. Paul Donovan, uh, the squirrel. Ah, Larry! <laughs> His nickname was the squirrel. I'll never forget Paul Donovan. He was my uh, my travel ball baseball coach, Columbia Reds. He's in Columbia, Maryland. Uh, coach Donovan, practice and working hard. And he used to always say, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So, so that that lesson has never left me. Uh, Coach Donovan, we used to always hit off the tee, and he just stressed repetition, muscle memory, doing it right off the tee. I give him so much credit for my success, the success that I had on the, on the baseball diamond, but even more importantly, the success that I've had in life. Thank you, Coach Donovan. I, I think definitely uh, differently about squirrels now. So thank you for that one. <laughs> so the, uh, this question, the next one is, if you had one uh, life skill or character trait that you could have in an individual that you're hiring or that you're coaching a team, a, a person in one part of your program, organization, what would it be? Care. It's the give a damn factor. Do you actually care? Do you really care? There's so many people out there that just, they kind of punch in, punch out. They come to practice because they got to come to practice. I, at Maryland, we had one. He was a beast, but he just, he showed up to the weight room and thought that the weights would lift themselves. And that's because he wasn't passionate. He didn't care about baseball. He's now a doctor. He cared about medicine. Baseball was his ticket to get that, uh, to go to med school. So, hey, I get it. He got drafted in the 16th round, not even trying. I see you, Craig. Nothing but love for you, baby. But essentially, I want people who care. If, if you're going to be on my team, I, I care. I give. If I'm putting my time in it, it's important to me. I'm not going to waste my time. I think Sweet Georgia Brown said it. Ain't nobody got time for that. So I'm looking for folks that care. Micah Zwirling, his skills weren't the best. I mean, I'm shouting out names. Love Micah Zwirling because he gave 110%. Every single time practice, he's hustling out there. 
damn, who's this guy? He's inspiring me to hustle out there and practice. It's, we're talking about practice, not the game. In the game when he got in, he was just so excited. He's a, he's a pinch runner out there. He's just ready. He's like, I'm ready, coach. That's what I want in a teammate is that care. Because if you care, even if you have mediocre skills, you're going to be all right. If you have great skills, whoa, we're going to have a whole lot of fun. Hey, Jason, I hate to do this to you, but I got a bonus question. Okay. Oh, I got five. You ready? Okay. Here we this go. It's uh, Sunday night football. Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens. Who's uh -oh. winning? What's the final score? Oh, goodness. I got to go with my man, Lamarvelous. He had a tough outing. Uh, he's going to get back on track. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he's the homie. He's the Mahomie. But uh, I got the Ravens coming in 38. Uh, Kansas City coming in at 35. I think uh, I think it's going to end on a kick. We'll see. <laughs> hey, by, by the way, though, just a heads up, I, I, I'm in fantasy football. I had the Baltimore Ravens defense, right? And they were uh -oh. putting, they had 10 points up in the first half, right? And I was going to sleep and I was up. And I turned it on in and I got like one point. Right? And I, I got rid of the defense and picked up the Saints. So we'll see what happens. But yeah. the Ravens defense kind of let me down this week. Uh, I feel you. I got them as well. I just picked up the Cleveland Browns for this week. <laughs> Great mob stick of life. I wouldn't have a defense going against Pat Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs. I'll tell you that right now. Nope. Don't do it. <laughs> well, Larry, hey, man, thank you for joining us today. Um, how can people reach you, learn more about what you're doing, uh, learn more about LLJR Enterprises? Yeah, best way to find me is on LinkedIn. If you're on there, Larry Long Jr. I got the smile for a mile, got the face for radio, the gold mic. If you're not on LinkedIn, check me out on my website, Larry Long Jr. That's J-R, LarryLongJr.com. You can also check out my YouTube, Larry Long Jr. Uh, every Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern, we do the midweek, midday motivational minute. Today's my son's 12th birthday. He gave me the topic. We're talking about time. That was the topic that this little whippersnapper came up with, talking about time. And isn't the time right now for you to do that thing that you've been noodling on? Let's do it now so that we don't have regrets. Like Nike said, just do it. And I'm I'm not even sponsored by Nike, but hey, holla at your boy, Nike. I'm right here. Come on now. Well, you got to be sponsored by Bang, actually, coming up. And by the way, your your age is kind of similar to mine. You kind of took me back in the day when you said JR. You think me think about the Dallas episode. You remember no, no. JR? Huh? Oh man. I love it. Well, I appreciate y'all. Thank you, Coach Jimmy. Thank you, Jason. It was absolutely a privilege and a pleasure to chop it up with y'all. Hey, yes, sir, man. You're one out of the park right now, Larry. Knock it out. <laughs> Larry, talk to you soon, man. Thanks, man. Take care Thanks, now. Mark. Take care. Well, Jimmy, you know, one out of every three adolescents right now are struggling with you know, things like anxiety, things like, you know, lack of self-confidence. And many of them are unaware of the gifts and the greatness like Larry talked about in this last episode, how to find that confidence, how to build that greatness within, which is another reason why we, we uh, created 40 athletes. So to help young athletes become the best version of themselves and find their inner greatness. Jimmy, how can uh, people sign up to learn more about 40 athletes? Yeah, you can go to 40athletes.com, and uh, especially if you have an organization, a team, reach out to us. We can have a discovery call and go go through information with you. But And, and Jason, for people to understand, we developed it in the sense of what Larry talked about. It's like getting kids to learn through sports, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about it all the time. Kids need to play sports, but sometimes what are they learning through it? Most of these kids aren't going to go on and play afterwards. Getting them to learn the life skills.
sports and that's why we develop. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Jim. You know, we believe better people make better players and overall you become a better person in the end. Sports can help you do that, then it helps everybody else. So Jimmy, hey, we got Friday. We got I'm a champion show this week coming up. So uh look forward to seeing you again soon on Friday. Sounds good, Jason. Appreciate everything you do. Hey, likewise. Take care. Take care.